The voice you hear bringing us into this episode in the song On the Highway is a voice you're going to get used to hearing for this episode. I'm thrilled to be joined by my very good friend Dave Simonette, lead singer and songwriter for the band Trampled by Turtles. Uh, That is now the opening song for the podcast, thanks to Dave's generosity. Thank you very much, Dave. It's an honor to be here. Um, I'm also excited to welcome back another good friend of mine, Gitchy's best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gitchy's my bird dog. We did a couple episodes with Mike Wiebin last summer. Um, Mike is the head pro dog trainer at Dawkins Oak Ridge Kennels. Um, Mike is back for this episode. We've got uh, a little bit of a bird dog mashup today. We've got uh, Dave Simonette, Mike Wiebin, because Dave's dogs, Herbeck and Maxon, have also been residents. Is that the right word? That's the right word. (laughs) (laughs) Residents getting trained by Mike. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, Dave's journey with bird dogs uh, from Herbeck the uh, secret hunting dog, and we'll learn a little bit more about that. And uh, his his pop, Maxon, who he just got done watching, uh, work worked um, some chuckers in the field here as we got the day going. Um, I want to thank Sport Dog Brand, national sponsor of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, as the sponsor for this episode, this dog theme, bird dog themed episode of On the Wing Podcast. Thank you very much to the folks at Sport Dog Brand. And uh, uh, we'll dive right in. Um, fellas, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> you're wearing the Twins hat. I've got the Tigers hat <laughs> on. So let's go right for the Trammel to Herbeck battle here. <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to fold <laughs> first. Yeah, <laughs> Your team is uh, playing much better than mine. Well, we all know how that can go, Bob. <laughs> Follow them long enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll. It, we, we've been in rebuild mode for a little while, Dave. Yeah, that's a good way to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I want to. I, I want this to be focused on dogs. Sure. Um, and I think the starting point for me is to talk about Herbeck, and it begins with um, a K fan broadcast. Yeah. Well, maybe not completely. You you adopted Herbeck, so tell yeah. us a little bit about the backstory. Yeah, I got Herbeck uh, before I started bird hunting, right? So this was, um, I mean, really earlier that year. It was 2018 uh, when I adopted him. He was a foster dog and started, well, started hunting with you and then, and then started getting curious about getting my own bird dog. Yeah. Uh, but really just didn't have the space or the time really at all, at all to get another dog. And so was, was just going to kind of let it go, but heard you talking to Tom Dockin, whose cabin we're sitting in right now, whose house we're sitting in right now, uh, about, uh, about training on, on, uh, on fan outdoors and, and had brought up, um, the possibility of, of, of training a dog that wasn't, you know, maybe thought of as like a bird hunting breed. And that got me to thinking, well, I have a dog that's not a, 
any breed (laughs) (laughs) every breed uh maybe that would be possible and to to just be able to kind of you know use my already my 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 dog my pet and my my buddy if uh if the thought of being able to take to take that dog and and hunt with them sounded pretty great though i didn't have you know high hopes or anything but just just to try it out um so i talked end up talking to mike here about that and you know he just he said well let's just just bring him down here and we'll we'll see and we we i brought her down I think I don't remember what time of year it was, but we I don't know. We met, we ran out, we played yeah, a little it was, fetch. It was fall because you were heading out with the camper to go that's right. hunting. Yep. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It was fall. Um, yeah, and kind of kind of the rest is history. I mean, it, it worked. I guess is the is the short version of of that. <laughs> and uh, he's become a what you know a great hunting dog for me, and um, always kind of a surprise for people mm-hmm. when he jumps out of the truck. You know, and, uh, which I I enjoy that actually. So you you you, uh, you skipped right over the punchline though because because <laughs> um, there's a, a moment there where you call Mike uh-huh. right and Herbeck had been there maybe a week yeah here at Dawkins Kennels right, right. so I, I would, maybe you could put it in your words like you know here's. I think I remember you know getting a text from Dave after the, the, like the moment this. Uh, fan outdoors episode (laughs) i need tom's information (laughs) i gotta get her back there and it wasn't very long Mm -mm. like no that herbeck's down here in your hands and you're like what am i gonna do here well i think it's a good example of you know a lot of dogs have some sort of prey drive in them a lot of breeds do and you know what we always recommend with any dog no matter what the spectrum is is if bring it down i mean let's let's try mm-hmm. let's roll a live bird let's see if that prey drive to chase and want something is there and in this case you know we don't know until we know so we got the dog down we started throwing some birds and sure enough this guy couldn't get enough of it <laughs> he wanted more yeah. so that was the stepping stone of okay the dog's got some prey drive we have something to move forward with here and then it was just about doing that bird and gun introduction breaking down the gun making mm-hmm. the dog successful helping the dog on a retrieve. But I think it goes to show that, you know, there's a lot of breeds out there that maybe aren't first thought of, hey, this is a bird dog. But, you know, if you don't give an opportunity to try, you might not know that you had something. And there. just so the listeners can maybe get kind of a visual, Herbeck is about 70 pounds and is an Australian Shepherd mix and you know, brindled, um, but the, but doesn't look any, like any kind of bird dog that I've ever seen anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, and you just wrote about kind of the experience of turning her back into a bird dog. Yeah. For Gardening Gun. Yeah. Um, it's in the April issue of Gardening Gun, and there is a moment there where you, you actually got a phone call from, from yeah, Mike. Yeah, from Mike. Says, it's not working. I was getting, yeah, it's, you called me, Mike, and, and said, I don't know what happened ever since you left. He just kind of just went flat. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't, he doesn't want to do anything, doesn't want to retrieve, doesn't want to chase it after anything. Um, and I was, we, I think we had planned it for me to come grab him the next morning and I was getting into my truck the next morning and, and Mike here called me back again and said, well, whatever, <laughs> whatever we put out there worked because <laughs> he's going like crazy today. So let's just leave him down here and see how it goes. And then he made it through the rest of it. Yeah. And, and sometimes probably what that was is, you know, he left his home. Yeah. He left his security of you. You bet. There was a new place, new environment. And that was just, you know, when we see that with all dogs can do this is just, and, and not being exposed to birds, yeah. it was just so many new things happening all at once. 
And all of a sudden, you know, what we do in those situations is just keep working them, keep getting them out. And sure enough, all of a sudden, boom, that yeah. bird did something that got his attention. And once he decided that it was game on, you know, the rest is history. It, it really is the rest is history because yeah. shortly after you picked up Herbeck from the end of that training, you came to grouse camp. Yeah. And it's been lights out ever since. Yeah, it's been, it's you know, it's been an interesting process to watch because that first time um, I had him in the field was at grouse camp and we were with, I don't know how many people, but several people. Yeah. And he just wouldn't focus. And it was, he was, he you know, he kind of, was spent all his time making sure I was right by him and he wasn't looking for birds. And, um, but it took me kind of taking him on my own a few times. Mm -hmm. And, and then, like you said before, once he got it and kind of like what we saw the other day, like when we had him down here, he, we were walking him in the field and he was just being a dog. And then once he saw, Oh, we're hunting. Once he saw that bird, Mm -hmm. it was, then it was on. And he's been like that ever since. And, you know, he knows the signs of a hunting trip now. Mm -hmm. And so he gets very excited and, and he's, you know, this year, um, this last fall, we, he did great. I was so impressed. And I, 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 he went and found some doodles that I never would have found, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, just some things that really made me have a lot of faith in his ability to to keep doing this for the rest of his life and it's just so cool to see like any any of you guys know you've hunted with dogs so when they do that for you it's such a it's such a powerful bond you know and it's been great yeah it it does like mike mentioned it is a testament to no matter what the breed purebred mixed yeah traditional hunting uh, there's a lot of prey drive in there and they are you know they're, they're capable of doing so much more than we expect sometimes sure. and in Herbeck Australian shepherd mix with who knows what else <laughs> yeah. right and I've seen blossom in has hunted woodcock rough grouse yeah. pheasants it, it will be on an episode of the flush yeah. this coming season with, yeah, Herbeck <laughs> you know? starring on his first tv show right on <laughs> yeah it, but it w- is on the cover of an album I do want to say that all of that though is due to the like to Mike and to the hard work because uh, he never would have done that at all if mm. he hadn't come here you know what I mean it's just like somebody that I didn't know how to teach him how to do that yeah it's somebody that can put the time in you know, like we've seen with Max today, it needs every day. It's repetition, repetition. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, without that, it just wouldn't have happened at all, probably. So we'll we'll go from Herbeck to Maxon. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear the story of Herbeck's nickname from your kids. Oh, yeah. So <clears throat> my my daughter, Lucy, uh, has coined him the secret hunting dog. <laughs> because we, I've, you know, I've kind of explained this whole situation to them. And, yeah. uh, you know, they don't, I think the first time they'd ever thought about a, the breed of a dog was me talking about mm-hmm. this before it. But explaining how cool it was that Herbeck was able to, to come out and, and hunt Burns with me because, you know, a lot of people will, will go out and, like I have done, and buy... Uh, a specific breed of dog mm-hmm. with the hopes that this dog, you know, with the not always guaranteed hopes that this dog could become a, a, a good hunting companion. And then we got how lucky we got with Herbeck, who was just adopted from who knows where. Right. Um, and all of that. So she she calls him the secret hunting dog. Yeah, and it, it, <laughs> I, it's, I think we all have a little bit of pride in that, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, we, a little bit like not not cheat the system, but, you know, something <laughs> along those lines. <laughs> well, it's a fabulous story um, in Garden and Gun. And you're dabbling in more and more um, writing for yeah. the outdoors, right? Yeah, yeah, I've written a couple pieces now for Tom Beckby, which uh, we don't see too much of up in this neighborhood in Minnesota, but in the South, it's kind of a well-known, you know, hunting 
outdoor brand and they have a, a great journal uh that i've been lucky enough to have a couple of pieces and one came out uh, last month and one's coming out again soon and you're starting a newsletter yeah yeah uh, thanks for bringing that up actually uh that's called good record and it's um just a, a little bit of a um part tour journal mm -hmm. you know kind of a look behind the scenes on the road it just it's it's been helpful for me to just um to write and i know i mean you're a writer so mm -hmm. you understand this but it's it, there's a lot going on all the time and for me to kind of sit down at the end of this day and distill it down um it helps me in all everything else in my life including songwriting um so it's just become a little bit of an outlet for that and mm -hmm. it's it, you know there's no boundaries on it it's just just kind of like a free writing thing and people you can subscribe to it for free and it's uh if you go to my my website's deadmanwinter.com deadmanwinter.com yeah, you can find a link there and i know you're you're doing a little painting too i mean you're, you're yeah the this is what COVID, this is what man, covid right? did to me is <laughs> i i you know when we we had to get off the road for a couple years and uh it's, this is how I've filled my time. It's just trying out little, little new avenues. Right. But I really enjoyed all of them. I still like to do all this stuff. So writing, uh, prose writing has really become a, um, well, uh, I'd say a hobby. I, it's obsession a little bit. Hmm. And I think it's because uh, I have no training <laughs> at all. And so it's been a really good learning experience too. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and the, I'm thinking about, I, I always ask you this, whether it's on KFAN or even just driving down the road to hunting, um, is the outdoors, like you, you've always loved the outdoors. You love mm -hmm. the Boundary Waters. You're on the board of sportsmen for the Boundary Waters. You grew up fishing, but hunting's relatively new yeah. into your life. And I've, I always ask you about, like, is it getting bleeding into your song <laughs> lyrics? And I heard it. <laughs> I heard it yeah. for the first time, like definitively on new album, Alpen Glow, in the song, We're All Right. Yeah. A rooster pheasant with razor wings. Yeah. So what? Yeah, how'd that happen? I mean, you can't escape it. I think, <laughs> but uh, it, it's not that linear for me, really. Mm. It's more. I think it's uh, it's just something that has become such a large part of my life, and then mm. that always just bleeds into songs, you know. And it's just how you kind of filter the world, you know. Mm -hmm. And for for me, uh, the now, you know, for the last five years now. Um, getting out in the fall and chasing birds has become my main objective now in the fall. And so that has changed my lens, hmm. how I see that season. And, um, getting into hunting has changed a lot how I see the outdoors as far as uh, where I go mm. and, um, you know, opening up so many new opportunities to see our public lands and and, and yeah. that kind of experience that I never really had before that, you know. It's, it's one thing to, to hike, go for a hike on a trail, but when you can find out that there's these places that you can actually just wander around right. freely uh it's it's a whole new world right you and know? how they came to be and how that yeah and how and, and how they're protected yeah. every day and so all of that has become has taken up a lot more space in my mind yeah. and so i think that out of necessity that just ends up rhyming once in a while in songs you know huh. I told you guys before I hit record that we're going to keep it focused on dogs. <laughs> yeah. and, and I completely. Well, you can edit lost, these things. Yeah, later, I, 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 took us, um, I took us down the artistic <laughs> road. Let's bring it back to dogs. So Herbeck has become a very serviceable bird dog, chasing all sorts uh, of, you know, upland birds effectively. Um, and you got a busy life. Yeah, that's true. But as 
I've kind of come to know with you, you dive in head first. <laughs> <laughs> For good or ill. <laughs> so, uh, it, and it's funny, like, you know, you, you kind of, you went off and figured out the addition of this breed pretty much on your own, this new pup. Tell us yeah. about that. Uh, well, we, so in our house, we had two dogs for uh, a, a little bit. And um, my my partner, Chloe, had adopted a dog shortly after I got her back. And we when we moved in together, they were together. But that dog, uh, sadly, was born with kidney disease and mm-hmm. was never going to live a long life. And she passed uh, a couple years ago. And, you know, we, we had um, some time with just Herbeck, which has been great. But really, we're kind of missing that second yeah. dog around, even though it's not the most convenient thing in the world, mm-hmm. as you both know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just something about that, like having the two of them. And so we started to look around, um, and we, we were just, you know, I hadn't even gotten to the point where I was thinking about breed or breeder or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And Chloe, uh, who's in a, in, if you if you ever need to shop for anything, you just <laughs> she'll find it for you <laughs> faster than you ever thought it could happen. Uh, she found this couple in South Dakota that had a, a couple wire hairs that had had a litter of puppies, huh. and I don't know how she got a hold of them, but they were were letting the puppies go, mm-hmm. and so we thought about it for about 10 minutes and and it's like it's kind of perfect because i mm. i prefer to get a, a pointing breed mm. um and they're ready you know and and so we we just just did it yeah like you said just dive in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> figure out the particulars it, later tell tell me about the name maxon so maxon is uh, my maternal grandmother's maiden name which we've always chloe and i have always just kind of liked the name mm-hmm. you know i guess this um, naming it after her is she's still uh, she's uh, 93 mm. and uh, a firecracker, mm. and so she's kind of an inspirational person for me. We like the sound of it, so the combination yeah. of the two. Right on. Well, yeah. the two fits. Uh, we got a yeah. little young firecracker here. She, as well, uh, you so. know what? I know. I've told my grandma too about how much <laughs> like she's she's uh, she's very energetic. Yeah. So Maxon right now is about 11 months coming up on, yeah. a, on a year. Yeah, almost a year. Um, do you have hopes? Like what? You got you got a pointing pup now. Yeah. Like what's your hope as you look to September, October, November, um, twenty twenty three? I you know, Bob, I kind of try to keep all that very realistic and in check. Like what I've seen with Mike right now has just blown my mind. Hmm. We like this morning we went and we saw her point two birds, and that that just makes me stop in my tracks. <laughs> so she's already you know as far as I'm concerned. Uh, any any goals I've had have 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 been met, mm. and uh, you know Mike is an artist in his own right with the dog, so he's gonna tune her up to where she meets his expectations, and then uh, there won't probably nothing stopping her at that point. Mm. Tell us about your journey, yeah, with, with Maxon. Well, you know, right out of the gate, you know, good things we've seen with this pup is coming to us very socialized. Mm-hmm. You know, being that we were on our second dog together, you know, we had a chance to prep things a little bit ahead of time, so that was definitely helpful. Um, but right out of the gate, you know, she had the drive, the intensity, um, the personality for it. Uh, pretty typical pointer where they, they have a lot of go, a lot mm-hmm. of drive. They, they, it's hard for them, as we know, for her to sit still or <laughs> relax. Um, but, you know, she went through that process. We did the gun breaking, and we've talked about this in multiple podcasts, mm-hmm. how that gun breaking is, whether it's yeah. any breed out there or a dog that should be bred for this, going through that process, 
and it, it sets them up for success. Yeah. And How'd that go? Yeah, for, for her, you know, for what we've seen out of her is she's had good intensity to go for things. She What she had in her that was, let's say, the part that we've been focusing on the most now is a real playful retrieve. Mm. And we see all elements of dogs that, you know, give you, let's say, up to 90% of a natural retrieve to some dogs have zero want, no interest in retrieving at all. And what we've gotten from her is a lot of intensity to get the bird, but very playful retrieve, wanting to set things down, pick it up, set it down. Um, so we're in a process here that that bird and gun went good as far as the intensity. We started to get point right away out of her. That part came very natural. But everything since then has really been about helping her on her retrieve, mm -hmm. using that check cord, helping her get those reps. And now we fast forward into her intermediate program where we're actually educating her for that retrieve to hand, that retrieve to train process. And this is kind of the same thing with your dog. It, it, it's a process. And mm -hmm. when you're working on putting rules on the fun, the bird, it takes time. You mm -hmm. have to first teach them with items that have no correlation to the bird, mm -hmm. show them how you expect them to do it, and then you're always trying to transfer that over to the fun. But we've seen it with her many times, even in our session, when she, she still thinks there's a little bit of fun, she loose, tries to loosen up on us a little bit. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's why she's kind of at a point where, and, and even when we had our first podcast, your dog's like, well, she's not done yet. Mm -hmm. Things look good in training. I'm glad to see that you're liking what you're seeing, Dave, but you it, 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 it's got to keep going. And, you know, what I always say is if the dog gives you something mm -hmm. to work with, you got to go with it. I mean, it, and as you said, it's a process. It's it's a way of doing things that you're right. You're probably going, oh, I'm happy with everything I'm seeing. Yeah. But you got me over going, well, I <laughs> see the potential for more, and I don't want to quit until I have more. Yeah, yeah. well, I think if you're going to, in my opinion, if you're going to go to the trouble of doing any of it, that it's kind of worth trusting the expert on it as mm -hmm. well because, you know, we all we all have stuff in our lives that we we probably know more than the other person about but when it's like what you say with the with Max or with any dog you see stuff that I would never see probably and you see where things can go because you've seen them go there before yeah. right and see and seen other dogs that have been in that position every dog's different but as you train dogs year after year you start to take all these memories and go okay I've been here before I've kind of done this before and then you're reading the dog. And in her, we, we have a very outgoing dog. But at the same time, you know, I always say to some situation, you know, military school is not the right path for her. <laughs> she needs to be positively shown how to do things. She needs to be shown how to be successful. And that's what's going to get us to win on her. Yeah. And there are some other dogs, you know, even kind of kick back talking about your dog a little bit, Bob, that she was a, a little bit more hard mouth she needed in some areas a little tougher angle mm -hmm. to get our point across this puppy is very much i guess i'm still calling her a puppy because she is very, very much a puppy. immature for her age oh. um, and that's not untypical for some pointing dogs um, but that's why she's at a stage where we're still keeping things as positive as possible but now she's starting to enter this part where she's actually being trained to retrieve and we're taking what we call them fetching sticks or items that are not the bird mm -hmm. and starting to show her you have to do this on a consistent basis. We're going to show her that we expect things the same way every time. And really where we're at with her now is we're getting that process is taking taking hold. It's transferring that over to the bird. Right. And that, it's patience. Patience is one of the most important things here. Do you find that you uh, have seen 
how do I say this? Like if, if when you're in, do, in this process with a dog and maybe years ago before you were maybe so set in your ways of how you want to finish things out, allowing that process to end before you knew that it should have or letting the owner take the dog back before you knew they were done or any of those kind of things that you've seen the results get, you know, not get the results that you like. You probably learn from that, I imagine. Yeah, you know, and I would say in some cases, some owners have maybe pulled the dog out, even though you've recommended, yeah. you know, that the dog needs more. Um, but I think Tom Dawkins has done a great job of going, you know, you know, Dave's ex might be here what he wants, uh -huh. but our policy is to. Yeah, every dog that we want to come if out If it here, can hit this mark up sure. here. And and for us, every dog, just like we're all sitting here today, every this is all a stem of we've had an interaction with another dog. We put our policy or our level of training on the dog, and put the dog to our standard, knowing that it can do that. Yeah. And we're in a process with our dogs and training. If we know we can't get there, you know, we're gonna cut that off early and go, hey, you know, this it just ain't gonna happen. There's no point of keeping the dog for more if we're not gonna be able to gain it. Mm. In, in this case. We might have had a little slower start in some areas, but once we got traction with her, holy smokes, she's excited about training. And maybe she wants to work. She yeah. wants to be busy. So it's just a matter of kind of feeding that machine yeah, more great. and more. It, it sort of speaks to the skeptical nature of the world we live in right now, right? When somebody <clears throat> comes to you, I want to take my dog back. It's like... They're not ready. I can get them so much further, and the the skepticism in people are like, "Oh, you're just trying to milk me for more money." Right. right? Yeah, I mean, there's got to be that. I'd sure. assume yeah. that that's a lot of people are thinking that, and that's where it does come down to when you pick a dog trainer, trust. Yeah, absolutely. Is so critically important, and in, in starting off uh, a relationship where it's like full on question mode, isn't it? Oh, sure is. Absolutely. Cause you know, it's something new to them. They've maybe never been down that road. And you know, a lot of people might say, go, well, you know, I only hunt twice a year, so I really don't need a really good dog. It is as long as it's okay. I'm fine. I, and I always kind of say, well, if you only go twice a year, aren't you going to want to have a great time on those two <laughs> hunts a year? Right. I mean, you, you, aren't you going to want to be happy with what you're seeing? And then I'll, they kind of sit back and go, you know what? You're right. I, I do want that. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of our process here in our facility is always getting the dog far enough along mm. for the owner to come see the dog and go, okay, I can see there's progress. I can see the dog's happy doing its process and breaking down. This is all the things that are going good, but here's the reason why I want your dog to stay a little bit longer. Mm. And most owners, when they can see that success and then they go, yeah, uh, Obviously, you've gotten all this accomplished. Yeah, that's so important from an owner's perspective mm -hmm. and to see what still needs work because then they can, instead of you just telling them on the phone or whatever, you can see it. Um, and it, when it's tangible like that, it just makes sense. Yeah. You know? And then getting you involved. And, and I mm, think a lot of yeah. people find what, okay, when mm -hmm. I put you guys involved, you're like, okay, I don't do this every day. Right. I had to think about it. Well, if I take her home right now and say, Mike, I'm going to do this, well, I'm probably not as efficient and focused as the trainer yeah. so am i really giving her what she deserves or i gotta go to work or whatever you know yeah. it's like it's it's good to have that stuff happen in an environment when it's all that happens that's all day that's her life that's right why now. i think it's so effective you know have Chloe and the kids been down here to do a training no, session yet? No, but that's they, coming, right? Yeah, that's, and that's critically that important, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. getting everybody on the same page because you know we'll see a lot of families come in and 
everybody's kind of given a different command. Everybody has a different sure. perspective. And sometimes it takes that third party to kind of go, this is what we've done. This is what she can do. It's going to help her. And I think a lot of times what I end up doing is not only training the dog, but that part of, as we've all gone through, is yeah. training the owner and, and opening up some dialogue that's not maybe what you were thinking going in. But once you see it in motion, and that's why we will never send a dog home without – training with the owner mm -hmm. because once you go through the motions and now just even you working here a few days later again you are more comfortable you're yeah, reacting you at the right time and that's what she needs from you she all dogs need a, a leader <clears throat> they need a, a, a good handler and if we can get you guys to be as efficient as handlers that dog's going to benefit from it from that and i'll find a lot of times when the dog is working well for me if that owner backs me up not only do you solidify that with you, but you actually take the dog another step further mm -hmm. because she goes, it doesn't matter who I'm involved yeah. with. They all have the same standard. Well, for like, me. like you explained it to me before. I think about it as two parents, you know, uh, if, 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 Dad's saying something and mom says something else. Mm -hmm. It's confusing for the kid mm -hmm. sure is. at the very least. And so it's the same way if the trainer's saying something and the owner's saying something else or doesn't act the same way or doesn't enforce the same rules. It's confusing for the dog, yeah, we, you know. We get into a lot of those conversations. I'm and, sure. And you, you nailed a big one on the head is that we have to sometimes talk about, you nailed it. Is it really fair to her or him yeah. of how this is happening? Because once you break that down and that owner goes, well, wait a minute, you are right. That is kind of confusing. Well, how is that fair to her that she's getting all these different signals? And once you kind of bring that up, they go, well, I don't want to be unfair to her. Right. I don't want to be make it harder on her well then that's why we all have to be on the same page yeah, the dog doesn't know why right why <laughs> that you're doing this and the other person's nope. doing all they know is that they don't know what to do now yep. and they don't know which you're, where to you're sit the leader now. and <laughs> that's they're looking for you for focus yes, and right yeah and, and, and the sooner you know and i think we've gone through this the sooner dogs you know anybody's got a new dog you know talking to a trainer as soon as you get a mm -hmm. dog getting some information you know and our policy is it doesn't matter if your dog's never going to see come through our front door. If you have questions, you have concerns, mm -hmm. if we can help you on the phone, we will. But I think we've all learned that there is a certain degree of spending yeah. some time with a trainer, having a little experience. It, it's going to just help you and the dog. One thing that I noticed um, a re refresher in watching you work, Maxon, and then hand over the controls to Dave work and Maxon is the speed of the reaction for the correction, right? And I know same thing with me, mm -hmm. right? With Gitchy, it's like, I just, I've got that delay at connecting the dots between when to hit the button or this, you know, whatever needs to happen. Mm -hmm. You are just so, you, you like timing is so critically important. Sure is. And that's, that's something that, um, is so incredibly valuable by having a pro trainer. Like, even if I know what I need to be doing, if I miss the timing, even by a split second, it confuses the dog, mm -hmm. doesn't it? Well, I think, you know, you're going into most owners, they're going into the thing thinking, I'm hoping this is going to go the way I want it to go. Mm -hmm. As a trainer, I'm always going, I expect this to not go my way. At first. Always. <laughs> yeah. It's always not and huh. it's always great when it goes your way, but you're always looking and ready for at any split second mm -hmm. this could and that's what kind of trains you and like you mentioned, you can't do something even a second later because the moment has passed 
And if you correct her, you could be correcting her for something that had nothing to correlate to what she, the mistake she just made. I, I was thinking about that. Like we had dog training last night, running on pigeons and launchers, and you know, Gitch broke a split second, and I was late, mm-hmm. right? And and then you hit the hit the um, correction on the sport dog. It's like ah. And she's like, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, does she know why? Right, because I was late yeah. in the correction, huh. and it didn't connect the dots. So, yeah. so it is. It, it, it's really clear when you work with a dog trainer. You know, it's it's like when you go out with a fishing guide, <laughs> right? Yeah. You learn so much so quick about how um, you know the pattern, location. You can't underestimate how much you learn. By going through some sessions with a bird, you 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 said something a, f- a few minutes ago, Dave, that I thought was super intuitive, and I want you to explain because we've danced around this a lot. You you said dog training is like Mike is an artist, yeah, and we've danced around that. I think listeners can see what you mean, but put that into your words. I just mean like for, for you know for me. Uh, writing songs is, is my language, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if Mike, I don't know if you paint watercolors on the side or whatever, but what I've seen with you work with dogs, that is, um, I mean, there's, it's a hard thing to explain Mm -hmm. now that you asked. I know I put you on the spot, but I will say like, I've seen it in action and it's Mike, uh, can take a, a dog and communicate with that dog in a way that I don't intuitively know how to do, you know, and that's to me say when you go home, you can't shut it off. Yeah. Song writing. You can't uh, say to me when I go home, I I mentioned earlier when I seen the day, I was thinking about this last night. I was thinking of that, that process. There's a lot of qualifications that go into that. One of them, Mike touched on it before too, is when you were saying that maybe a skeptical owner might be worried that, Somebody like Mike would want to keep a dog to milk them out of money. That's yeah. the last thing on this guy's mind. Right. Like he would that doesn't even cross his mind. He wants the work to be done with the dog, because his passion is making that dog, um, you know, get through the training and 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 getting that dog to a level that he finds appropriate. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, I mean, no, it's it's a kind of uh, you can't replace that. When, you know? when you said that, I was projecting like when when people hear songs. Mm-hmm. You know, it, when when I press you on, well, what's that song mean, right? Or any reporter asks a person about a song. Yeah. Uh, uh, songwriters, musicians are pretty reluctant to explain what that song means sure. to somebody, right? Because it means it can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, right? It's in, yeah, it's absolutely. in the mind of the interpretation. I th- I think about that as a do- with a dog trainer. And I know this. Um, this is a stretch, right, for <laughs> listeners, but I, I think there's real strong parallels because it's like a mold, uh, like clay that's not been molded, and that's a dog, right? And Mike can look at, you know, Trek, Logan's Labrador Retriever, yep. can look at Gitchy, can look at Maxon, and we've done podcasts around all. All of them have completely different breeding, natural talents, a different strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. and it's not there's some science to it but it is more art yeah. than science it is more okay what's the dog what's this clay gonna yeah. speak to me and how am i gonna mold it into this standard you know is it you know as a pointing breed if what we're talking about with maxon you know 
I've got to get the point to a certain point, a certain level. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, standing on point, honoring, right? Steadiness. Then, oh, yeah, I got to add the layer of retrieving to Absolutely. it, you know? And it, it is not every dog, even as we talked about, you have a, a buddy that has um, a pup out of the exact same litter. Yeah. And not every dog and every pup out of the same litter is even the same. But you have to mold that bird doggy DNA into what you envision is their their capabilities. And that, to me, is the artistry of dog training. Yeah, because the same formula doesn't work for every dog. No. Simple truth. You got to mold so it. So the talent lies in knowing which, you know, when to adjust for each dog. You know what I mean? And I would say every dog, I would say, is a custom car build. You bet. Mm. It, <laughs> You've said that before. Custom. Because yeah. – it, you're always shifting gears every session. You're always shifting gears with different dog. Your outcome for each one is always looking to be the uh, same outcome, but mm-hmm. how you get there. And, and, you know, Tom, our owners always use the term that, you know, tools in your toolbox. As you progress as a trainer, you, you just start to get more tools have been there, done that, and, and it just starts to go, okay, I've, I can see what I can do here. Mm-hmm. But going back to kind of me personally for the passion of this or is – I get so rewarded of taking a dog that you met. You can't just have a conversation with it. Mm. You have to show it. You mm-hmm. have to put it through the motions. And then the reward when things start to happen, even if it's not done yet, it, I can't stress enough the reward I get from that. It's just I did that. It's got to be. Good. I helped that dog change. Yeah. And then at the second part is, you know, seeing the owner come in and go, hey, I like <laughs> this too. And it's like, yeah. I think about that with Herbeck especially because, you know, he, he – People have expectations. Like somebody goes and spends a lot of money on a fancy, you know, whatever. Pick your breed mm-hmm. and bring them. That dog is supposed to hunt. Yeah, it's supposed man. to do it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and with her back, you're like, that dog's actually not supposed to hunt. <laughs> and so I, I've wondered about that before. If you, if you're like, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> look at that dog. It's funny you say. I actually has a customer send me a few pictures of their Dalmatian uh-huh. with some pheasants. Huh. Yeah. And I hang the picture up because, you know, it's it's just another one of those dogs that, you know, we don't go, hey, bring a, a, every Dalmatian you can find down because yeah. it's not necessarily a guarantee. But it just goes to show that another customer had a breed that didn't typically think of. It's like, well, let's try. Mm-hmm. We'll find out in a couple of weeks with the bird and gun. It gives the dog a lot of credit Absolutely. for having its own personality. And I love that. Then, then just to, just to like the open, there's a, in my limited experience and knowledge in the, the dog breeding world, there is a, a bit of a, you know, what do you call it? Royalty hmm. or something. Hmm. I feel like people are very protective of these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for great reason, cause a, an incredible bird dog is something to see, you mm-hmm. know, but, um, it's, it's, it's a little, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's cool. If, I always kind of like it when something from outside the, the bounds of, of what's considered normal mm-hmm. works in that way or something like that. It's, it's really cool to see. As I round third and head towards home, I'm, I'm thinking about Mike, you become awfully bonded to these dogs. I mean, you must. Oh, and my absolutely. assumption is you, cause you put so much into your craft, in your art and, in, that is a living being, mm-hmm. a, a dog. How does that affect you when they head away with the trainer? Yeah, I mean, to, to touch on that, if I could take them all home with me at night, I would. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love being surrounded by it. Um, you know, 
at first it really affected me because mm. like you mentioned you're bonding you have that dog i did this uh, i don't want to say it's my dog now but it kind of a little bit <laughs> feels like a little, little bit it's there. like this mm-hmm. is this is you're me like, this I don't is us. give this dog back yeah. that guy's gonna screw him up <laughs> <laughs> but after a while you know you was spending time with people and you see the joy you bring to a family mm. you, you get these phone calls and people reporting in sending you pictures mm-hmm. this is what you did to my family you know, you start to just get to a point like, okay, this is this is what I'm here to do. Um, and, yeah, it's it's always a bummer watching them leave. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, all right, like a teacher, I got probably another class rounding the bend here. Yeah. And you just put your That's focus great. on the next students coming in, and you just kind of put that as it's something that goes, I'm going to just put all my focus on here because if I focus on the heartbreak of them leaving, <laughs> you know, it, it that will start to eat away at you. And then it's just something you you accept but you're right it, it it is a hard part of giving up a dog you've had for a while and especially a dog that you have a lot of success with i mean you know it, it's it's hard to give up you get to the point at the end it's like i can just grab this dog i can just easily go do something yeah, I, I don't even really have to give instructions anymore hmm. that that's a fun place to be in but yeah. hmm. you just jump back and, and start over again with another group and then and they're all going to be different, right? Mm-hmm. So that keeps it exciting. Yeah, your, your mind just gets filled with, all right, now uh, I got a new chapter here and I got to move mm-hmm. forward. So, yeah, it, it can be tough, but it, it, over 20-some years, it just kind of became, you know, part of the process. As closing thoughts, you know, what I'm wondering about for you is um, obviously people can call you, right? And Dawkins Oak Ridge Kennels, yep. you can find you online. Absolutely. Your phone number's there. Mm-hmm. Um but it's not realistic for everybody in the entire quail country, pheasant country, to to contact um, Mike Weeben at Dockin. Mm-hmm. Definitely open the doors open. But um, what advice would you give somebody that's going to contact a dog trainer in Utah, right? A dog trainer in Delaware, that to to try to help establish a relationship, a trust that allows that bird dog to go to yeah, the you know, reach its uh, its capacity i think the big thing for any new owners let's say you're somewhere down south just you know f- you know first calling them getting some information asking some questions you know trying to see if, if you really have some questions on their facility and what they have going on maybe looking to do what we call here what we do is like an eval situation where mm. somebody can come in they can look we could have them bring the dog in talk about things have the dog get out of the vehicle if it's a hunting dog throw some birds i think that's a good perspective of getting a feel for that trainer um, they get a chance to see your dog that can be even if you can't make it up here would be my recommendation any trainer out there is start with a phone call mm-hmm. see if you start with some questions if you feel like you're getting some good answers I would recommend, hey, do you guys offer an evaluation on my dog? Because that gives a chance for them to see your dog, give you some feedback. And I think a lot of customers that do that with us, they leave going, okay, now that I've met the guy, he, mm-hmm. he interacted with my dog, my dog jumped right on and wanted to see him, I think this is going to be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, the other part is word of mouth too, you know, asking around. If you yeah. have somebody local, hey, have you used this guy? What was your experience? And we find that's probably the number one avenue that we get new clients is is word of mouth so Mm. that that can be a great way to uh get some feedback on a new new person you maybe never been involved sure i bet your local uh pheasants forever quail forever chapter probably have a lot of recommendations yeah pf chapter quail chapter navda um you know what's a retriever nastra yeah the the Um, the trial you know yep 
Yeah, and any of the trial guys out there, or, you know, or you know, any of the tests that go on, you know, you're going to be around like-minded people, and that's you know, going to see a field trial or hunt test, mm -hmm. going to one of those events, you get to see some dogs, and there's going to be all kinds yeah. of people that are involved in that. That's a good point too. Yeah. Just going as an observer mm -hmm. and seeing. You might see a guy running some dogs and go, well, I, "I like what I see." Might be worth somebody in, in investing, especially if they're closer to home. Mm -hmm. But you know, we see dogs from Texas to Alaska here, so um, you know. If they're willing to make the drive, we're willing to service. So, and Dave, as you've gone through this process the last couple of years with a dog that wasn't necessarily out of the box, supposed to be a bird dog, and having a, a puppy, any advice you'd give to people that are just getting involved in in the dog training, dog ownership world? Um, I think well, you touched on it before, but that having a relationship with a trainer, that, a person mm -hmm. that you trust, because that this is going to be it's a it's a long journey to go through with your new puppy you know yeah. uh and to 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 be able to when mike tells me something about max and i know that he's telling me the truth and that relationship take probably takes a lot of stress out of it yeah so i think like what mike was saying about i just think it's really important to meet these people meet whoever's going to take your your dog who's your family member um, and, and work with them. It's just important to, to meet them in person. I think it's a little bit of a lost art sometimes mm. nowadays. Uh, it's easy to sign up for something online, mm -hmm. you know, but to be able to take the time and, you know, uh, uh, spend, spend an afternoon with that person and your dog and to see, cause it's really worth it. If it's not going to work, it's worth to f worth that finding out or worth it to find that out right away. I think. Yeah. That's a really good point. You, you know, you, you think about both of those points you both made, um, whether you're you're going to try to do it yourself, which is it's doable, right? It's, but you're probably going to need some help from a club, whether it's North American Versatile Hunting Dog Association, a Pheasants Forever chapter, and a field trial day, um, National Shoot to Retrieve Association, AKC, some sort of support group because YouTube can only answer so many <laughs> questions, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, you bet. Right? Um, and that's, that's a definitely a valid route to go um at least in my experience trying to get some pro trainer help um has been eye-opening like and i equate it to fishing because it's it's somewhat easier for me to wrap my head around i don't know why but like trying to dissect a brand new lake right like all you you got you got maps you got sonar but what do you do Right. Mm -hmm. You can look at Lake Finder and find out what species are in there. But is this great big blue sea of water? How do you break right. it down? Right? Experience. Nothing can replace that. And it, just going out with the guide for the first time. Right. Much like a dog trainer with your first dog. Boy, the learning curve can be shortened so dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. For, for a new fisherman, uh, getting a guided trip can change your. I mean, I grew right. up with a professional walleye fisherman as one of my close friends. And. Mm. The information that I absorbed to turn me into a walleye fisherman today from all those techniques, watching how they're everything from where they were casting, where they were reeling. Yeah. I think compares to like what you're saying, you're watching that trainer, you're seeing how those things happen. Um, it, it really is an eye opener of, okay, I can do this. I just needed to see more than a book or a video online. I needed to see it firsthand. Yeah. Also, the stakes are kind of high. You know, mm -hmm. if you're investing in a bird dog, and if bird hunting is a passion of yours, it's worth all of this to get the best experience right. possible. Um, I'm sure Mike has seen a lot of dogs come through that have, have been given a go by somebody else. 
and had to make a lot of corrections, you know, and that, that's, um, that can drastically change your experience with that dog, you know, right. not that, you know, I, all dogs are great, but, right. um, if, 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 like say, if you got, we all have limited time to hunt. None of us get to go out and hunt as much as we would prefer. Maybe you, Bob, but most, <laughs> most of us don't. Uh, and so you want the experience to be as, as, uh, as fulfilling as possible for you and the dog. I yeah. think. And if, if they go through the, the process of, of learning in an effective way that they're going to have a better time at it too. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And taking a dog that's going to be 10 to 15 years the whole idea for us is let's get them trained when they're young to give this dog a lifetime whole of life of happiness, it. freedom. Mm. Everything's going to go better for everybody on both sides uh-huh. just by giving that dog. When that hunt works, man, that dog, you, you've never seen anything so happy. <laughs> that, that, that goes right, you know. Well, you know, another parallel that I think about as I close here is like you don't roll a baseball, a, a bat, and a mitt out onto the field and just tell the 10-year-olds to go play. There's a coach. That's right. Right? And you pick your sport, you pick it, um, hockey, basketball, you name it. There's a coach that helps you along the way. That's really no different than no, what I'd do. I to that, yeah. Guys, thank you very much. I, I, um, I am really jacked to see Maxon in the field. <laughs> Me too, And, uh, yeah, we are already looking at calendars. <laughs> Looks like South Dakota, nor- uh, November, here we come. Sounds like it. I'm excited. And grouse camp, um, although we got to find some extra days for grouse camp because you got uh, a show during – this yeah. year's grouse. The camp. usual complications of hunting season <laughs> for me. But that work thing. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Tell us the, the email sign up again. Oh, yeah. Go to uh, deadmanwinter.com. Or if you're on Instagram, you can find it. The link is at is my Instagram page. It's Dave Simonette. And it's on two T's. Too. Two T's, yep. Cool. Cool. Very, very fun, guys. Thank you very much for yep. doing another Thanks, podcast Bob. with me. Um, folks, thank you for listening. If you're not yet a member of Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever. Uh, check us out online, pheasantsforever.org, quailforever.org. And special thanks to Sport Dog Brand for supporting our organization's wildlife habitat conservation mission and today's podcast of On the Wing. I'm Bob St. Pierre reminding you to always follow the dog. Something good will rise. Thanks, folks. Bob, how do you guys? <laughs>